My guest today is Joel Conder, or if you follow him on social media, you'll probably know him as Dad V Girls. You may even be one of his 1.2 million YouTube subscribers, 1.1 million followers on TikTok, or half a million followers on Instagram. Father to Casey, Grace, Sophie, Chloe, and Madison, and husband to Sarah, Joel, despite only being 36 years old, has already been a father for nearly 17 years. In our conversation, we spoke about it all. We talked about the challenges of starting a family at a young age, pursuing a dream job, managing and dealing with a rapidly growing social media profile and presence, and also how Joel manages his own diary to make sure that he dedicates as much time as he can, not only to the business, but also to every member of his family. I'm so glad that we got to sit down and have this chat, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear the conversation that I had for this episode of the Diary of a Dad podcast with my very good friend, Joel Conda, AKA Dad V Girls. So how are you, Joel? Yeah, mate, I'm, I'm good. Obviously, I'm feeling really good at the moment because obviously of a recent trip to Dubai and it was like the first time of, you know, proper travel in so long. And obviously I saw you guys there as well. And that, I just feel so refreshed. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good to, to finally get away. I mean, I say finally, obviously everyone knows that we've been going away quite a bit, but I know, yeah, for you guys as a family going out, that was, was it like two years that you hadn't been away for? Yeah, it was like two and a half years since we yeah. did like a proper family holiday and it was just yeah it was it was the best <laughs> amazing yeah I've definitely got that uh that travel bug and I know talking to you guys over there you were just so keen to to try and get away as much as you can almost make up for lost time now I guess that's what it feels like this year we're gonna just try and get away as much as possible before anything else happens in the world <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly I, I dread sort of like turning on the on the news these days I never um, do. well never. I'm I'm so glad that we're able to sort of sit down and have a chat because I mean, I'll, we'll, we'll get into this in terms of sort of how, how we met and um, all of that side of things. But I, I just think this is, I think this is a really, it's going to be a really interesting conversation. And I think there's a lot that, you know, we can sort of take away. Definitely. Something before we get into all of that though, something that I'm really keen um, to do with my guests, I guess is almost sort of just taking it back to the beginning, if you like. Obviously, we're going to be talking about fatherhood. So I'm quite intrigued by everyone's story of them growing up. So what was life like for a young Joel Conda? <laughs> um, I mean, I'd say I had a pretty normal childhood. Um, like mum and dad uh, still together, uh, thankfully. And yeah, I just, you know, I've got um, brothers and sisters. I mean, I say normal, but actually, to be fair, like, I, I lived in uh, Florida for like the first six years of my life. I was born in England, cool. but then lived in Florida for six years. Um, my dad is uh, a bit of an entrepreneur and he's in like uh, to music and TV and stuff. So we lived in Florida, then we came back to England. And then I was like, why are we in this country? It is freezing. <laughs> like literally, why can't we just go back to Florida? Um, and then, yeah, my my mom and dad fostered um children when we were growing up so it was like a busy busy house there was like sometimes like mm. 13 of us 
in the house. And it was, it was really interesting, like just meeting so many different people and living with different kids from different backgrounds. And, um, I definitely wouldn't change it. I really enjoyed my childhood. Um, but yeah, that's probably, that was probably actually quite a unique thing about, about my childhood. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then, yeah, like just, I guess, um, I don't, yeah, my memory is actually really horrendous. So it's like, I actually struggled to remember certain things about growing up, but I know I had a really good, I had a great childhood. And then I actually met my wife when I was 16, she was 15. So I've been with her more than I haven't been with her, if you know what I mean? So a lot of my life has really been uh, with Sarah and like we kind of grew up together from that point and it's been really interesting. Amazing. And that's, I mean, it fascinates me because when um, when I found out that you guys had been together for such a long time um, and obviously your eldest daughter, Casey, is 17, 16, 16. She's nearly 17, yeah. Yeah. So that just feels great. And we're obviously very similar in age. So it's, it's crazy to think that you guys have, have, have got a 17 year old. No one can believe it. Literally. Whenever <laughs> I, when it, like, even when me and Casey are out, I think people, uh, people have mistaken her for my girlfriend, which is really embarrassing for both of us. <laughs> but yeah, I think um, people are always shocked when they find out that I've got a, well, nearly 17 year old. And yeah, we, yeah. me and Sarah were um, 18 when we had Casey, so we were really young. We were just kids having kids, (laughs) which is just mad. So obviously you guys have been together for such a long time. And when you got together and, you know, I guess essentially you were childhood sweethearts. Did you guys ever talk about like having kids and a family? And was that on the agenda or, you know, what, what were things like in those early days of the relationship? Yeah, I think I I said to Sarah, I actually remember us going through, I think it was like a, I don't know if it was like Littlewoods catalogue or something like that. And we were just just browsing through it. And then we got to like the kids clothes section and we just started talking about, oh, like how many kids do we want? And, you know, do we want a boy? Do we want a girl? And, you know, just, I guess like we didn't really realise at the time, but we were kind of planning out our future, but we were just having like a a general conversation. We didn't plan to have kids early Casey was um I don't want to say she was an accident or mistake but it wasn't planned <laughs> so that was definitely a lovely a surprise. surprise yeah a lovely <laughs> surprise um so but yeah I think um we were we were childhood sweethearts it wasn't always uh smooth sailing because you know you grow up so much in that period of time in your life so mm. we were growing up together whilst trying to figure out this relationship thing so you know, there was times when we were on and off and we'd break up for a few months, but ultimately we were always just realized that we just didn't want to, we didn't want to not have the other one in their life. So we just like, we just got to figure this out. We just got to figure out where this is going wrong and then just make it work. Amazing. And I think that's, that's really interesting. When you just said about the Littlewoods catalog is, it's now just made me feel really old because I realized that this whole generation who might actually be listening to this podcast, who have no idea (laughs) idea, what a Littlewoods catalog is, but it was, it was pretty legendary. That was something that we all did. You know, all of our parents had those catalogs in and you would literally. Like the Argos catalog. And you just circle what you want for Christmas. What you You, want. Yeah. I just circled everything. Here you go. That's what I want for Christmas. And that was your Christmas list. There wasn't, like it, there was no internet you couldn't send someone a link and say wouldn't mind that for my birthday it's like yeah just go through the August catalog yeah 
or, or do what my kids do now, which is they've got um, Amazon on their on their iPads and literally just add things to the basket constantly, and it's just it's just sitting there waiting waiting yeah. to be bought basically. Oh, so um, yeah, oh, wow, I feel feel very very old now. But um, so that's that's so that's really interesting. So you guys, you 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 know, you're, you're together. You do have um, you have Casey uh, quite early into the relationship, and then how did that sort of affect things? You know, was it was it at that point that you realised, you know, yeah, we're in this for the long haul? Because um, how long after that was it that you got you guys before you guys got married? Yeah, I'd love to say that like it was an overnight transformation of like oh we've had a kid now we're adults everything's changed. Like I think a lot of people they think oh when. When I have a, a kid, then, you know, um, everything's going to change. I'll change overnight because I'll, you know, become this person. And it's like, not a lot of changes happen overnight. It's a gradual thing. But in fact, you know, being 18 in a relationship is difficult enough anyway, just because you're still trying to figure out who you are. So then to add a child into the mix, it just, it can make things better or worse or both so and that's what it did for us it made it added new challenges new complications new things to argue about but ultimately it kind of strengthened our relationship and like gave us a uh, a bond that we didn't have we had a bond but like a new bond like a new thing yeah. that kind of kept us together and you know, Sarah was a great mum from like day one and I was just learning all the time and I'm still learning now <laughs> and you know, like, I guess over the next few years, it was like, you know, it kind of changed me into the person that I've become of like being more responsible and stuff. Because when I was that age, I was just like, all I was thinking about was what am I doing today? You know? So yeah, of course. it was a gradual thing. And then we got married when we were about 25 and we'd had uh, Grace as well. And then we got pregnant with Sophie on our honeymoon. And then we've obviously oh, gone wow. on to have Chloe and Madison. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And so again, you know, sort of quite the, I guess quite the the journey in terms of, of fatherhood. And do you, when you look back, do you remember sort of those early feelings you mentioned there about sort of having to effectively learn on the job and, you know, figure it out as you, as you were going, did you have, sort of any support around you at the time in terms of fatherhood I mean obviously you had a relationship with your your own dad but was there was there people around you that had kids that you could kind of speak to about fatherhood well fortunately like me and Sarah in terms of like our family that we have around us we have an amazing like incredible support system um, my mum and dad Sarah's mum and dad and obviously siblings but I didn't have any peers that had children that that young mm. you know so none of my friends were even thinking about having kids or had kids so that was probably a little bit more difficult but we had great role models and we had great support and I just can't even think how we would have done it without them so yeah it was we were very lucky yeah no I think again just speaking to the range of of fathers that I've been speaking to as, as part of this podcast, it's so interesting to sort of hear how everyone was responding to, you know, that first time of becoming a dad, because I think you're right, without that support system around you, it, it can be a very scary place. I mean, you know, fatherhood's a scary thing anyway, but without that, you know, you can sort of sometimes feel a little bit alone and, you know, just not sure of the direction in which you're you're supposed to go. 
I guess what was quite interesting was that, so you guys have had, so you've, you've had Casey, you, you've had Grace, um, and this is all sort of pre-marriage and, but you're now, you're, you're mid twenties now. Um, at this stage, did you guys always know that you wanted to have a big family? Do you know what? I, I don't remember us ever having a proper conversation about like, you know, we want a big family. I don't think we, I don't think we did and I don't think we didn't. I think we were just mm. like, we probably said, oh, after, you know, having Sophie, our third, we probably said, oh, yeah, like we'll just have one more and then, as in Sophie. And then I think we were like, oh, should we, shouldn't we have another one? And then we ended up being like, well, let's do it. And then we had Chloe. And then we were, I think we were pretty sure like after Chloe, like we probably won't have any more. But then we've ended up mm-hmm. having Madison. So it was never, it wasn't like a plan, like we're going to have a big family. We've kind of just ended up here and it's like, whoa, we've got like five, five girls. Like, you know, it was never, I never envisaged it when I was younger. It's just like, it's just kind of happened and it's been great. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, and again, like just a really interesting thing, because I think some people, you know, as you say, even in those early days when you guys were talking about children, I think sometimes people think about a family, but I think, I guess for the average person, it probably doesn't really extend beyond one or two kids. You might get the odd person who goes, oh, I want to have seven or eight children. But I guess the reality of it and the, you know, the practical side of things for most people that that kind of rules it out. And for you guys, I suppose what's been, what I've always been really intrigued by is, you know, you've had a child quite young or children quite young. And then you're still having children now uh, with Madison, who's only four months old now. <laughs> I know. You see, this is the thing. If we had planned this, we wouldn't be in the situation that we are now. Because every time you have another child, you're essentially like resetting your parenting back to day one. Like you now have 18 years of kind of like full responsibility for this child. So with, you know, Casey being nearly 17, Grace is 14. You know, if we'd had them all in succession we would kind of be, I don't want to say at the end of our sentence, but, you know, <laughs> we'd be a lot closer there and we're not. So that just shows like we never planned this. And it is kind of mad to think of the age gap between 17 or almost 17 down to Madison, who is five months. I'm so rubbish at keeping up with months and stuff. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm, she's roughly, I'm exactly the same. She's roughly five months. I don't know. But um, yeah, like... It, you know, if you were going to plan it, you wouldn't do it like that. But at the same time, you know, Casey and Grace, our eldest, they're so helpful with the younger mm-hmm. ones as well. So it kind of works like, cause people, people say to me like, oh, how do you do it with five kids? And it's not like your situation where your kids are all so young, like that's hard work. You know, that is mm-hmm. a lot to take on because, but with us, it's like, well, two of them are kind of like young adults. They kind of look yeah. after themselves to a certain extent. And they also, if anything, they kind of help with the others so you know it's not as crazy as people think like it's actually a lot easier yeah and and I think that's I mean there's there's no right way I mean people say to us that you know as are all so young at the moment but they're like you're gonna have the most amazing time they you know they're all growing up together and it's I mean it's chaotic there's there's no two ways about it but I think whatever (laughs) your whatever your family setup is you know things you you just make it work essentially Um, definitely it's really it's really interesting so I, I want to keep sort of coming back to this idea of of the diary and, you know, how people, one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast was I was fascinated with how other dads were essentially 
managing their diary or their schedule. And I just you pick. I just wanted to pick up on that because you said you you know you've got these a r- wide range of ages with the kids. How do you sort of prioritize manage your diary almost on a daily basis, taking into consideration you know the ages of of the kids? So organization and stuff like that is just, it's not even my worst part of me. It's like, it doesn't exist inside of me. So I've got, I've got ADD and like, literally I just, you know, schedules and things like that just stress me out and I just, I just can't do it. So fortunately my wife is amazing at all that kind of stuff. So I really rely on her to kind of make sure we're, you know, in the right place at the right time and stuff like that. But I think one of the things we did a while ago, which once we did it, we're like, why didn't we do this sooner? Is we actually set up a family calendar on, um, right. like on the Apple calendar, which is actually a game changer because like me and like, I would put stuff in my diary or I, I probably just wouldn't. And she'd have stuff going on and we could never see what's going on. And then I'd be like, yeah. oh, I'm going to do this on Wednesday. And she's like, well, you can't cause I'm doing this. And then I, I set up a family calendar. I was like, cool. We'll just put everything in the calendar. So we have this, family canon it's like everyone's like after school clubs or if someone's going to a concert or someone's doing this we can kind of see it and then you can kind of like schedule things in but I also um yeah it is it is hard but I'd say like Sarah does all the kind of the bulk of it the bulk of it (laughs) um yeah because I'm just honestly I'm a nightmare I will just say to people yeah cool I can do that and then Sarah will be like no you can't we're not no, even in the country. Like, we're, we're, we're on holiday. What are you talking about? I'm like, oh, no. So yeah. Well, this is the, this is the beauty of relationships. You know, I think there's a lot of, to be said about you know fatherhood is only one aspect of it. You know, when you when you're married as well, I think you know that partnership definitely it, it does come into its own. I, I've been very open in our relationship in that that's kind of the setup that we have. Sophie is the the organized one she'll reply to email she'll do all of that side of things and yeah we've just done something very similar with the calendar because there's just so much going on you're like how are we supposed to keep on top of of all of these things in lockdown i'm sure i'm sure it wasn't the same experience for everyone but personally for us like lockdown was actually in a whole like quite positive experience for us because Mm -hmm. all of the um social you know stuff like outside of the family, all of the clubs, all of the, you know, all that stuff all of a sudden just went away. And it was just like, yeah, cool. Like, what should we do to kind of have fun today? Or what should we do to spend time with each other? And it was just like, all that craziness just kind of went away. Cause we, like our lives are so ridiculously busy, like unbelievably that it's kind of, at some point I feel like we need to kind of like review, like, wh- you know, what are we doing? What would, you know, you just get in the motions of things and it's like, I don't know, like lockdown, just kind of like everything just went away. And it was almost just like this quiet time of like, this is quite nice. And then eventually it was like cabin fever, get me out of here. Yeah. I need to leave the house. So yeah. But yeah, for a little period of time, it was nice. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, I think a lot of people with families, what's, what's again, quite interesting about that lockdown situation is you've got people, obviously you've been, you've been very present and you know, around with your family for years and years. But I think for some people, you know, they, they would probably the type of people that didn't spend as much time with their family. And so suddenly, you know, kind of being thrown into that, it either went one of two ways. They either <laughs> loved it or they absolutely hated it. Um, yeah. But it's it's really interesting to sort of hear how you guys sort of developed. I want to get into the the social media side of things because obviously 
the dad v girls empire, which is essentially what it is now, is, is what you guys have created. And take us or talk me through sort of how that started. Because I remember meeting you, oh, I want to say it's what, maybe four years ago now. And yeah. I remember finding you on Instagram. I can't remember how, but you were definitely just sort of like Joel Conder at that point. And I remember you setting up this Instagram or, or sort of changing your name to dad V girls. What was the the thinking behind it and the backstory to that, I guess? Yeah. Um, the backstory, there's quite a lot of things that kind of happened that led us to doing what we do now. So honestly, like so many different things that kind of led us on that path. But one, I was kind of like fed up with, what I was doing, like I was, I was doing, um, I was a cameraman and editor and I really enjoyed the creative side of it and the process, but I didn't really enjoy making videos for other people. And I was like, I'd love to make videos that I want to make, you know, for myself. Mm -hmm. We loved going on holiday and making these home movies and just sharing them with family and friends. And we'd always like just rewatch them. And I was like, oh, imagine if I could do that for a living, but you can't because who's going to pay you to make videos of yourself. And then it was like, oh wait, you, YouTube exists. And like the kids are watching this stuff on YouTube and, I was like, oh, I started paying attention and the kids were obviously like really interested in making a YouTube channel. And I was like, that looks great. And on the other side of it, on a more kind of personal level is um, our third daughter, Sophie. She had like um, some really bad health problems when she was born and she's got special needs. And she just took up so much of our time. And I'm quite, I'm quite, um, I'm quite an ambitious and kind of like creative person and there's lots of things I wanted to do career-wise but at the same time I was like really scared to like throw myself into a career that would take me away from my family you know not being able to spend mm. as much time with them and knowing how much care and attention Sophie needed so it was like I just wanted to spend time with the kids and I just wanted to be there for Sophie and support Sarah and but I also really wanted to like pursue things in life that were interesting to me and I also just wanted to live uh, a kind of not an ordinary life and I know that you know that's different to everyone but that's just what I wanted I just wanted to do I wanted to be able to travel when we wanted to travel I, I wanted freedom and I wanted to be able to do that all with my family so all of those things you kind of put them in a pot together and it was like oh like YouTube could be a thing and I remember us going away like I had a bit of a sabbatical from what I was doing work-wise and I was like, I just need some time off. And like, we went to America and we did this road trip and it was just like one of the best things we ever did. And like, just when I was there, I was just like, I just had this epiphany of like, life is just too short to just carry on doing things you don't want to do. And mm. you know, it's not that simple. You know, we all have like responsibilities and things, but there was just that moment where I was just like, okay, I, you know, you only get one life. I just want to try things outside of the box and see what happens and if it doesn't work it doesn't work but at least we tried so when we got back from that trip I was like I started on Instagram because it was just like a bit more familiar to me and I was like oh, I could post videos and I need to get comfortable with like talking to the camera which I found really awkward I still do to be fair I still do find it kind yeah. of awkward but I, I do it because it kind of I enjoy it so I started doing stuff on Instagram and then eventually kind of got the confidence to be like okay let's start this YouTube thing. Let's just film a video. Let's see how it goes. And I said, I think we all agreed as family, like, let's just post videos consistently for a year or I think, or it was two years. I can't remember what we said. And he said, at the end of it, if we have nothing but a collection of memories on YouTube that we can just watch back, 
then I'm happy with that. But if it leads to something else, then amazing. And within a few weeks, like some of our videos went viral and I was just like, whoa, like, I remember waking up being like, one of our videos has 10,000 views. <laughs> and I check it an hour later, it's like 20,000 views. Then it was like 50,000. I think by the next morning I woke up, I was like, it's still got a million views. Like, we were like, running around the house <laughs> screaming like, it's got a million views. What is going on? This is crazy. And then, um, and then, yeah, we, we had a meeting with um, an agency who kind of like found us on YouTube and they're like, yeah, we can help you make a career of this. We can help you to kind of like monetize it. And yeah, within a few, within a few weeks or a couple of months of starting posting our first YouTube video, we were doing it full time. And, you know, that's not the norm. Like we didn't expect it. We were in it for the long run, but it just happened a lot quicker than we thought. And it's just been the most incredible journey and experience that I wake up in the morning I'm like is this really what we do for a living like this is incredible yeah and I mean you know for someone like myself that's watched it from the beginning it's it's incredible you know I think I talk to lots of people about social media and you know content creation and things like that and the one thing that I always say you have to be is consistent and I mean you guys have got the consistency thing down to a T like you literally have a schedule now for your your videos <laughs> you know the the uh the DVG fam they know when the videos are coming and I know you get a lot of flack if there's any issues with the the, the uploads <laughs> I mean the thing the problem I have is the thing that holds me back most in life and also pushes me forward the most in life is the same thing is it's my ADD so right um sticking to a schedule and being consistent and stuff like that is literally the hardest thing in my life. But the thing I've most been consistent at in life is YouTube. I haven't been that mm. consistent with anything, like not the gym, like no sports, no hobbies, anything. It's just, but at the same time, like we do occasionally, mostly because of me, miss an upload or the upload's late. And when we do, honestly, like people, people are not happy. <laughs> I'm scared to check the DMs. If I, if I put up a story and I say, oh, sorry guys, the video's gonna be late. And sometimes it's out of my control. You know, if no, mm. if someone's not well or you know, we couldn't film a video for, you know, personal reasons, you know, it's not, it's not always in my control. And then people are just like, this is so typical of you. But we are generally quite <laughs> consistent. But when we're not, honestly, people just, they're not happy, which I, which is flattering because it's like, oh, they're the ones who so are invested in wanting to watch the video that they're also the most disappointed. But yeah. yeah, and that's and that must be really crazy to sort of go from, as you say, just this family that we're just going to give it a, a go to essentially you guys have got a fan base. And, yeah, you know, I guess along, along with that comes expectations and, you know, there, there, there are various challenges around that. What's really interesting for me is that you are, you have, and, and I think what was quite different for me when I, when I found out about you and then saw you building this channel is that obviously you as the dad are at the forefront of it. I think in a lot of the social media parenting space, it was kind of the mums that sort of took the lead and then the dads kind of just came along for the ride, essentially, eventually after, you know, being coerced yeah. into it. <laughs> but you've been at the forefront of it from, from the very beginning. And so I'm really intrigued as to how you manage that responsibility and those conversations, particularly with the kids, because they're, they're you know, your kids are growing up in this social media age. You're obviously not adverse to, you know, the kids using social media, et cetera. But how has 
how have you had to develop that side of fatherhood? Yeah. Because it's a, it's a brand new experience, I'm, I'm guessing. I was actually, originally, I remember Casey was one of the last people in her class to get any social media. So this is before we started mm-hmm. on social media. I was very, like, I don't know, like very protective and stuff. And then I started to have a bit of a shift and be like, do you know what? This is um, a part of their future. Like you can't, um, to a certain extent, if you keep them off of it and one, you kind of like exclude them from their, their friend group. And two, you like, just, you can't, at some point, everyone's going to be on social media. So it's like, Mm-hmm. it's like, you know, there was a generation who wouldn't, who said, oh, we're not going to have TVs in the house or whatever. It's like, you can't stop yeah. these things from happening. So you may as well engage in it with the kids and make sure they're using it in the correct way. So that my mentality kind of shifted there. And then I was like, plus like use things for your advantage, you know, like, yes, yeah, social media can be a very positive and a negative thing. So let's make it into a really positive thing for us. So let's, use it as an opportunity to um, kind of do what we've ended up doing. So on that side of it, yeah, great. And then just like we're always having conversations about, you know, social media. Like we we are, like people say, you know, criticism that we'd get is you, you know, you're just sharing your whole family's life and, you know, there's a criticism there. And I'm like, well, we post between one and two videos a week Mm. and they're like say 20 minutes each that's 40 minutes of seven days that we're sharing and we are specifically choosing what to share so it's like you know we're not just vlogging all day every day and sharing stuff and also like we're very particular about what we share we don't overshare like we don't talk about a lot of things that are quite personal and private to us like we make videos Mm. for entertainment like a lot of our videos, they're based around like a challenge or, you know, um, yeah, like, I don't know, like eating red food for 24 hours. You know, when we're yeah. filming, we're we're filming a video that we're, we're actively participating in this video. You know, we're not walking around the house just like walking into the kid's bedroom saying, what are you doing? You know, yeah, we're, we're just filming a specific part of what we're doing for that day because we've chose to do that for the video. So I think... I, and I'm glad that we didn't ever set out to do um, daily vlogging or like, you know, vlogging of our lives and just like that's our content is because then you kind of could get into a situation where you're like, well, it needs to be interesting. So we need to share the interesting parts of our lives, which could be, you know, you could get to the point of oversharing. Like, oh, we're going to share our, you know, how we discipline our kids or our parenting styles and all the things that people have so many different opinions on and we just kind of stay away from that like we don't need to share that or oh my child's in hospital so you know this will make an interesting part for the vlog you know like you if you're sharing your life you're trying to dramatize your life or make it more interesting than it is whereas we actually set out specific things we're going to do that day which are interesting to us and our audience and those are the things we share so um so yeah like on that part of it like yeah and obviously we we have we have conversations with the kids and make sure that uh, like Casey and Grace, like happy doing it. And even with Sarah and me, and we all talk about it. It's like an open conversation in the house about what we do and don't want to share of our lives. So I think we're fortunate to be in that position of like, we get to choose and it's curated content for YouTube as opposed to like documenting our lives. Yeah, no, makes, makes perfect sense. And I guess that's the, the thing there is, 
that I think stands out is the communication. You know, our kids are growing up in this social media age and it's going to be here forever, you know, in whatever shape or form that's going to take on in the future. And so I guess it's quite nice that you guys have embraced it. You know, you've you've been able to, to, to monetize it in the way that you have, but actually still having fun. And you're right, you know, I think... It's. I think it's a very easy criticism to make of people who sh- who are sharing anything online. But I, I'm exactly the same as you in terms of what you actually share versus what's going on is you know yeah. minuscule. You're I guess. you're in control. You're the director. You don't. You know. It's what you're. It's what you feel comfortable sharing. So exactly. <laughs> it's kind of, and it is only really a snippet. You know, even if you're doing daily stories, it's only a really really a snippet of your of your life and your yeah. day. Exactly. It's um, no, no, exactly. And so how having two teenage girls in particular, one thing that again, really impresses me, you know, having got to know Casey and and Grace over the years is that they are two very focused individuals, particularly in terms of their education. How how do you manage that conversation? Because I can, I can only imagine a youngster that is doing well on social media, which, you know, there's a level of popularity that comes along with that, doing well financially from social media. Surely the education side of things is just a huge waste of time. You know, I'm making more money than my teachers potentially. Yeah, How I do you manage that side of things? It's quite interesting really because, and it might surprise a lot of people with this answer, but I'm actually more down the road of like, yeah, like, you know, school education to a certain extent it's important and then the rest of it i don't feel is that important like i think Mm. if there's certain jobs that you want to do like i I won't go too much into it because sarah says oh joel's gonna get on his pedestal and start like (laughs) preaching about it but i genuinely think like so much of the stuff we learn at school is such a massive waste of time i think they could be teaching kids like much much better things that would really equip them for life life and i feel like i you know I did all right at school, but I feel like, you know, I could have been taught things that would have been really useful to me, you know, not just trying Mm. to like memorize things for exams, but actually like, you know, how to budget, how to, you know, start a business or even just like how to organize yourself or how to use a calendar on your phone to, you know, like all the things you need just to be like a functioning adult is like they don't teach you stuff and they'll teach you like the periodic table and stuff, which I think, you know, how many what percent of people at school ever need that in their life and i think a lot of the things that you do end up needing like you know learning about percentages and stuff i've had to relearn that when i left school as soon as i needed an application for it i'm like i'm working on percentages now because i'm you know doing sales or i'm doing whatever like oh i don't remember how to do it from school i've now just got to go on google and figure out like or you know figure out what buttons to push on the calculator so i and the kids know how i feel about school so if if Casey said, you know, end of year 11, like, I want to quit school, I want to pursue my career with social media, I would be like 100% do it. But she hasn't. She, she's been like, no, I actually really enjoy the experience of school. Um, she's got a great mm. friendship group. And I think she's kind of more there for like the social and experience of it. But she, she's really surprised me. Like, if anyone's got a parent that would have just like given them support to to quit further education she had it here with me and she was yeah. like no i want to do it and i'm like cool do it you know yeah. um and so she's done really well and then uh grace who's 14 she's a bit more like me i think if i said to her tomorrow like you could just quit school she probably would 
But, <laughs> you know, um, she can't because, you know, she has to see it out to a certain extent. But yeah, I'm, I'm just not a pushy parent down to education. I'm more like what you learn after school, um, what you learn like when you leave school is like, it's, you learn it because you're passionate about it and you have an application for it. And that is the education that will stay with you forever. Unless, of course, you're going to be a specific career that you need, um, you know, further education, which is obvious. So if you know you want to do that, of course. But I think a lot of people just yeah. are trying to figure it out as they go. Of course. And and I think I'm, I'm really intrigued to see how that shift happens over the next few years because... You know, we de- we definitely live in a very different society, and I know that there's a national curriculum which you know schools need to follow. But surely, at some point, that's going to have to kind of, you know, get up to speed with where we are today. And it's it's really interesting because I guess the flip side to this is people would say, well, you know, keeping kids in that education system and going through you know the motions of higher education and university and things like that and people ending up in jobs is essentially what kind of keeps the economy going you know not everybody's going to be their own boss and you know go off and and do their own thing but there is clearly a shift towards that sort of mentality so i just find it really interesting and i you know having kids that are all obviously sort of preteen i'm really intrigued to see what it's like when they do go to secondary school and you know, where the, the world's at. But the balance there that you guys seem to have, I guess, is is probably what what works for you and allowing the kids to explore, you know, their their general feelings on things, which is good. Yeah. I just want to support them in, in what they want to do. And I, you know, even when I, every day I would drop them off to school and in, my last words to them dropping them off in the morning wouldn't be work hard, pay attention, do this. Mine would be, you know, have fun, be nice, you know? And that's what, I think that's what, especially like looking at Casey going into like further education, like I look at that and I think that's what she's doing. She's having fun and she's being nice. Like she is, she's learning and she's working hard in school, but she's kind of captured the whole experience of it. And I actually Mm. really admire that in her. I think she's really, yeah, it's, you know, she hasn't gone there and just put loads of pressure on about work. It's kind of like, I'm going to enjoy this experience in every part of it. And I admire that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as again, as an outsider looking in, I think that you, you know, you ought to be commended in terms of how you manage that, because this is a a massive shift in terms of, you know, your personal circumstances, you know, um, just suddenly having everything under, under a spotlight and in the way that you guys do that, that must be, a real challenge to kind of balance balance things out getting into you guys obviously have because you've now got younger children and you mentioned it earlier you've sort of almost gone back to the beginning yeah. <laughs> um with, with 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 your parenting journey how have you found that side of things you know as you as you've got older and you know things have you've started to get potentially a little bit more freedom and then now you've gone back into into parenthood particularly with uh, Chloe and, and Madison yeah I think it's interesting because of what I realized is I was so much um like stricter when I was younger as a parent and I'm so right. soft now honestly I'm <laughs> such a pushover it's unbelievable like my younger self would just be like what are you doing why are you letting the kids get away with this? And I don't know what's happened. I don't know as you get older if you if this if it just happens or because you 
you've been through it already. Like maybe when I was young, I was like maybe scared of like not being a good parent and not bringing up like good kids because I wasn't like qualified or equipped to do it. And maybe I was just a bit more like, yeah, I'm going to be like, you know, I'm going to make sure I'm not like tough on my kids, like, you know, but just make sure like, you know, I'm not just some young parent who's just kind of like got wild kids, you know? And I think yeah. we, we I look back and I think we did a great job considering the circumstances and, you know, Casey and Grace are uh, a great testament to that. But then this time round, it's kind of like, you know, Sarah's always saying to me, she's like, I tell the kids off, I... I do this and then they come to you and you just completely just give in. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm like this. Like I remember I, you know, I can't, I can't seem to ground um, Casey. Like not that she, she's a really good kid, but occasionally, you know, she oversteps the mark. And like twice recently I've been like, I said to Sarah, oh, like, you know, she came in later than her curfew or whatever. And I was like, well, you know, she'll be great. Like she needs to be grounded. You know, she needs to learn. So Casey, so Sarah went down to Casey and she went, you're grounded, you know, and Casey was obviously kicking off fast. And then Casey came to, I think I dropped Casey some like to school or something in the car and I ungrounded her in that conversation. I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, she convinced me and I was like, and I'm so soft. I'm like, I don't want her to miss out on that thing. She's her friends are doing. I, I, the thing is, I hate the thought of them missing out on mm. things. Like I always wanted to do stuff with their friends and stuff. So then Sarah's like, that was your idea. You grounded her. Like, what are you doing? I'm, like, I'm sorry. I don't know. And she went, you made me look like the bad person. And then you're the, <laughs> you're the hero, but it was your idea. So this is the, this is like, been a bit of friction with me and Sarah recently. Like, she's like, I'm always the villain and you're always the the hero. So then <laughs> she, Casey did it again. Like she, she came in past her curfew. Not really late. Honestly, she is a good kid. But I was like to Sarah, oh, she's going to have to be grounded for this. And then, mm. um, Casey came downstairs. She went, mum said that you want to talk to me. I went, well, did she say you're grounded? She's like, no. And Sarah's like, I'm not doing it. If you're going to ground her. And I didn't ground her. And I'm like, okay. And Sarah's like, that's why <laughs> I didn't ground her because I knew you weren't going to do it. So I, yeah, I struggle to be a bit stricter um, now I'm older. But yeah, I think that's the main difference. And that's, that's really interesting because I think, as you say, <laughs> I suppose as you get, as you do get older, you, I suppose maybe you start to think about what are the really important things in life. And like you say, I guess it's that balance then, isn't it? Of, is this something that she knows now she can just get away with, you know, and there's never going to be any consequences. And I think just knowing you, I think you guys would kind of get to a point where if it did become like that, then obviously I think, I think despite you saying that you're quite soft, yeah. I think you would put your foot down and, you know, but maybe at the moment you're just like, okay, this isn't, you know, you haven't stayed out all night, for example, without letting us know where you are or. Don't get know, me wrong. So if she did something like that, she would be grounded yeah. for a long time. Yeah. I think it's just the little <laughs> things that I used to would have just like been like a bit tougher. I just seem to struggle. And they are, you know, they are good kids. So, and they do, you know, they do respect us and they do respect our kind of, you know, rules and stuff like that. So it's not like they're like getting away with murder and it's going to be detrimental. Mm. It's just, I don't know. I just, I'm just too soft. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's something about it. And I mean, there's something to be said about that with dads and their daughters anyway and obviously you know you've got five of them so it's uh, yeah maybe maybe everything's just completely amplified in in your situation yeah i mean i'm so outnumbered maybe i'll just like i'll just give in 
to just, I'll just whatever you like between Sarah and the girls, I'm just like, just whatever. Do you guys just tell me just what? <laughs> the easy life, the, 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 have the easy life. Yeah. I think what really impresses me, I know I keep saying this, but we, you know, we're recording this this morning at sort of 10 30 AM and you called me on, on the way you were coming home from the office, I think this morning. Yeah. Um, which again, just again, for me, that's a really interesting conversation around you. We talked earlier about diaries and planning and, you know, schedules and, and things like that, but you actually have quite, despite working in this, what to some people might seem like a really carefree situation, you've actually got sort of some pretty strict routines in place, haven't you? In terms of, you know, the way in which you work. Yeah. You, you re- like, you have to, I think, I think on the outside, I get it looking in, people will be like, oh yeah, they just pick up a camera and they film, they post the video and that's it. And then they just spend the rest of the day just doing whatever. But it is a business um, and it there is a lot of stuff that goes on in the background. It is work and it does involve, you know, it has to have systems and schedules and just like everyone, I feel like now as well, it's more difficult because that Casey and Grace have such a, active social life but when we first started youtube obviously you know they were too young to be able to just go out with their mates and stuff like that so mm-hmm. it was like mostly like their social life as well like revolved around like what the family was doing and now they've got their own social lives they've also got their own um social media careers so there's that then there's just like general family life then there's work um with what we do and it's just like schedules are just crazy so everything has to kind of get scheduled in and there has to be like routines but yeah i i struggle to work from home like um i think it's that part of the add thing it's like when i'm at home like i just can't focus so i have an office but also we started a clothing line uh in september and that's going really well so now we have like two businesses which is like the social media side and the clothing line and we needed somewhere to work and also store the clothes and ship them out so I have like a warehouse slash office that I work from and like Monday to Friday, I generally try and get there for about seven in the morning uh, before anyone's there and just get my work done. And we have a, we have a couple of people that um, work for us as well. So, you know, it's a, it is a business that we're running. There's a lot of uh, moving parts outside of just filming and posting videos. And I think that's really important for people to understand because it does, you know, I know that people look at content creators, influencers or whatever, and, and do genuinely think that they don't really do any work. <laughs> yeah. You can't say otherwise, because otherwise you just get absolutely hammered. Like we've seen it with yeah. Molly May. I'm not saying I agree or disagree with what she said. I'm not even getting into that. But I think when you're an influencer and if you do work hard, I think it is kind of like you do kind of feel like you want to let people know because they make assumptions about you. But then it sounds like you're trying to like where you're trying to say like, oh, no, like we do work like it is, you know, we work hard. People are then kind of like just slam me for it. So it's kind of like you don't want to say it too much because like I went on this morning for an interview and one of the things that they were asking, because obviously they were intrigued about like, you know, what is it like? What's it like in the background? Like, what's the business side of it? And I'm like, yeah, mm. like, I, I, like, I haven't worked, I work harder now than when I did before because why wouldn't you work hard if you're working for yourself and you're seeing the benefits of it? And then the Daily Mail wrote this story about like how basically just say, and I think the headline was just say you do nothing for a lot of money. 
And it's like, they literally just latched onto that one comment and it was like mm. talking about how NHS um, or like NHS people work hard or is hard work or a farmer, that's hard work. And I'm like, I didn't say it's harder work. I just said, mm. and it's not hard work. It's just, we work hard. So like we work, we work. That's what we want to tell yeah. people who think we don't work. Like we do work. We're not saying it's more than anyone else. It's just like, it's the same. It's just that people assume yeah. it's not it's not work. So you end up saying it and then you get absolutely hammered for it. It's like, I know some of my friends, especially in the beginning, not so much now, like they'd ring me like, oh, what are you doing today? I'm like, I'm just working. Like, oh, oh, what, you're filming a video? Like, oh no, I'm not filming a video. Well, what could you possibly be doing then? I'm possibly like, oh. be doing, yeah. And you know, like, and also I enjoy work. I enjoy working. So why am I not going to work? You know? So I don't know. It's yeah. kind of. It is. It, it's a very, I always say it's a very layered conversation because, and, and I think you're right. I think as a, as a content creator or as an influence or whatever your, your field is in, in this social media space, you will always feel as though you are working hard. There, there is a lot that comes with, with that role and that job. And I guess it, this is what I meant earlier when I was saying about that shift, maybe in terms of, you know, the, the, the training that kids get at school or, you know, as we get older and, you know, we're this generation that's seeing how things are different, maybe that mindset will change and go, well, actually, no, do you know what? I'm watching someone's YouTube video, but there was the time to film that. There was the editing. There was, you know, the the, the stuff that came along with uploading it. You know, if they're doing a brand campaign, the back and forth with the brand, you know, discussing, you know, various edits of, of things, it's, there's a lot that goes into it. And I think you're right. That's where sometimes people do want to shout out and say, I am working hard. and But not harder necessarily than other people, but just also yeah. me, not it, like not just me, but like also me, by the way, I am also because yeah. people just assume it. So, but I think I just, other than like on this podcast with you, like I just can't bother to get into the conversation. If people want to think that I just um, sit at home all day and do nothing like that's absolutely fine. <laughs> like I just, I don't yeah. want to have to go out and justify it, but you know, I enjoy my work. <laughs> I, I think it's just really interesting. You know, even that, that you have that routine of, you know, seven in the morning, you know, that you are sat at the office doing those things because they are the things that people just don't see, you know, they're the, the hidden bit, yeah. the bits that you probably don't stick up on social media because it's, you know, you go there to get a job done, you know, that that's probably sort of like your most productive time. And you know, that, that sort of helps then. Um, and I suppose you are fortunate in that sense with your family setup that I would love to be able to do something like that. But 7am in our house is absolutely chaotic <laughs> yeah um, that's why i get out of the house if I... <laughs> no, sarah, sarah, no sarah sarah's great like she like i used to always be here for the school run and and help in the morning but to be honest like we tried it where i was like because I, I sarah is really supportive and she knows what is she knows that if i have an early start and i get my work done early in the morning she knows i'm a better person for it so she's yeah. like she's really supportive in that sense. And then when I did, I was like, let's try it. Let's try me not being involved in scoring and just see. And I think she actually, I think she's better for it. I think having me in the house, just like having another kid in the house, telling what to do. And like, yeah. she just, I don't know. I think, yeah, she's really good at just kind of like getting all the kids organized and stuff. And then I just yeah. kind of get out of the way. Unless and, like, and again, obviously when we had Madison, obviously like there was, 
you know, about three months where I was, you know, fully involved in the school runs again. But, you know, if, yeah. I, if I'm just making it harder, like, why am I here? why are you here? yeah and, and again that's that's the it's, it's just the beauty of these conversations because i'm talking to so many different dads with so many different setups and you know some that are hands-on you know they would be taking that active role there's others that are never around because you know they're out the door at 6 30 in the morning and don't come home till you know 7 p.m in the evenings or whatever and it's we're all just kind of again we're all managing our own diaries and you know schedules and and basically doing what 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 works and i think what's good again from knowing you and sarah is that i know you guys will always chop and change you know based on what yeah. you're working at we're just at adapt, any given really. time. and i think yeah. as well like it's kind of interesting because um my dad and sarah's dad so kind of um polar opposites in a lot of ways so i grew up mm. my dad is um you know he would work till sometimes like three in the morning four in the morning like right. he's a bit of a workaholic and he's always working on like different things like and he's he's an entrepreneur and i kind of grew up like that's normal you know like oh that's normal right. like my dad was around for my childhood like we did lots of things but he also there was times when he was just like working and working and working and I was just like yeah that's normal and then Sarah's dad has like he's had lots of different jobs but generally it's been more like a kind of nine to five setup so he would be home right for dinner every night and mm. she grew up like that's that's normal we both had like these ideas of like what is normal but you know there's no such thing as normal so we really clashed in the beginning because sometimes I'd work you know through the night or I'd just be working all the time and Sarah's like, you're not home for dinner. And like, you know, it was like a real kind of clash, but I feel like now we've got like a really good hybrid of like all the best parts of say, like how my dad operates and how Sarah's dad operates. Like I'm home for dinner, you know, I'm there for all that stuff. And then I also can, can work, you know, to my heart's content in certain periods of time. So, and if there's things like projects that we're doing, especially with the clothing line, where there's been times when I've had to work at the office till two, three, four in the morning, and, you know, Sarah knows like, that's just like a, a, this period of time is just more going on. And she's like very supportive yeah. of that. But, you know, and generally as well, like if I'm, if I'm at the office early in the morning, it means that I'm going to be home early in the day. She'd rather me be out of the house in the morning and then be back, you know, after the school run or, you know, at least home for dinner that evening so we can kind yeah. of have family time. So yeah, it works. Yeah, exactly. And again, that's what we say you know, we make it work within, you know, our, our family, family setup. It's been really interesting sort of delving a little bit deeper into, in, into life uh, behind the scenes. And I know you guys have got an amazing year ahead. We, um, something that I'm sort of closing out each episode of the podcast with is, is a couple of questions. Um, so I'll, I'll pose those to you. So the first question is, if you were looking back at your life as a dad, as diary entries, what's the one moment that stands out to you? Um, yeah, so well, I've got, I've got five, I've got five kids. And I've been doing this for like nearly 17 <laughs> years. So there's loads of moments and there's loads of ones that I won't be able to recall right now. But I'd say probably one of the things that stands out the most for me is 
um, our daughter Sophie, who has special needs, she she couldn't walk um, until she was three years old, and that we didn't know if she would ever be able to walk or to what ability she'd be able to walk. And I remember um, the first day that she she took her first proper steps, and that was just the most incredible. Like I literally get goosebumps thinking about it. That was one of the most incredible oh. things because we all know our kid, like we all expect our kids are going to walk. So they and you know all the other girls walk, walked, you know by the time they were one but then when you get to a point where you're like it's she's two you know she's three and it's like she hasn't walked it's like you start thinking will she ever so when she first took her first steps it was just like the most incredible thing in the world so that was definitely a moment that will stand out for me that must be amazing and especially seeing her now i mean you guys you can barely keep up with her now Um, yeah i remember on holiday she was just (laughs) up and down the beach in in and out of the water park all of that sort of stuff so that's uh she's amazing, amazing. To see. yeah she's had her challenges but like honestly like she's just an amazing amazing kid she's taught us a lot <laughs> that's uh that's beautiful and the second question is again going back to this diary theme what's the one date in the diary or maybe a time period it doesn't have to be a specific date what's that that thing that you're most looking forward to in the in the diary this year um, I'd say holidays, like holidays with the family. I I live for those. I literally, those are the most special things to me. So now that we're tra- able to travel again, we've got some holidays coming up this year. And then in terms of like work-wise, um, like I mentioned, we've got a clothing line, Devu, which is going incredibly well. And we're going to be doing a pop-up shop in a couple of months in London and just being able to meet our customers that are buying, because we're selling clothes online and just being able to meet them and just that whole thing, just it's going to be so exciting. So yeah, really looking forward to that. Amazing. And I know that your DVG fam will be super excited for that. I would imagine that uh, you're going to have a lot of people showing up for that that pop-up shop. And Yeah, yeah no, it's just... going to be great. And also that's the other thing I haven't, like our fan base and the people that watch our videos, like, we feel so lucky because they are, if you want to speak about them as a collective, like they're an incredible supportive community. And um, mm. I know a lot of people experience a lot of negative things of, of posting online, but, you know, 99% of of everything has just been really positive. So they, you know, so being able to meet those people is going to be, it's going to be really good. Yeah, no. Well, I'm excited to to see what you guys can achieve because I say, I think, just watching over the last few years, you've clearly achieved a lot in a very short space of time. And again, from our conversations, it, it sometimes feels like you're only operating at not even your full potential. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to see what uh, what the future holds. And I'm I'm just Thank so you. glad that we got to, to sit down and, and have this chat. I think, you know, there's been some really interesting points and, and lots of things that uh, people will be able to take away from it. So thank you. No, it's been great. I really enjoyed it. Thanks, mate. 